and welcome to From the Rookery End. It's another one of our Way Day podcasts, these new podcasts we started this year, where basically we're hopefully giving you a, something to listen to as you travel away to an away game. And this weekend, it's a, not the longest, but it's a long one, up to Sheffield United. Mike, DCW, Colin uh, are on their way up there, and uh, hopefully you get to see them, uh, and they were doing a podcast for us on the weekend. But to get you there in the meantime, and this whole podcast, we thought about this, because there's a thing with me with Sheffield United. I just feel at one point we sold them lots and lots and lots and lots of players. I know maybe it was only two or three, but it, it just feels like we, we sent a lot of players their way. And it got me thinking about, about old boys. And maybe we can have a, a podcast where we can talk about old boys. And, and if I was going to talk about old boys, then I need to speak with some old boys. Ha ha! With Jason! Yeah. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> and not, not exactly an old boy, but he's a bit older than me, at least. Uh, uh, Geordie. Evening, I'm just putting my teeth in. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, lads. At least you're not Colin. Um, but... <laughs> oh, Cole. Cole. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I know we always go on about age and stuff. It doesn't mean anything to me. It never, ever has meant anything to me. So it's only for... Um, for fun, so that we, we're going to talk about the the, the the former players when we when we mean old boys, old Watford boys, um, and we've got a, a best eleven. Well, not best eleven, a, a chosen eleven, and we're going to see which one of you can pick the best team. We've got a game to be played, but let's have a quick reflection. You know, it's been a couple of days, Geordie, since we saw Watford three two win over West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Jason was on the the post match podcast, but how are you looking back on that game now uh, after a couple of days to think it over? It was a weird one. It, it had all the ingredients. It was under the lights. It was kind of a weekday, albeit a Monday, not a Tuesday. It was five goals. It was back back and forth. There were mistakes and stuff. I, I don't know if it's that I've kind of resigned myself this season that I've been, I was hoping for us to click, hoping for us to click, and we haven't. And I've maybe insulated myself. But it was just... It was um, a very championship game. You kind of... I was talking to a girl at work as a Watford fan and she was asking me about it and I said it was a bit like if you watch two lightweight boxers they're good but you knew if any of them got in the ring with a heavyweight it'd be over very quickly and it felt like if West Brom or Watford came up against a team that could take advantage of the, the, the numerous kind of unforced errors and, and silliness that was going on it would have been over but we were, it was quite well matched in that regard mm. I think, I think we, we did well in, in a lot of things. And West Brom are, are no mugs. They did well against us earlier in the season, um, in the performance at least. I think I think we should be, be happy with the win. There's other games this season that have been more frustrated, but this it was just a weird one. It it, fe- it was like 3-2, like I say, under the lights. Big win, you know, big important game for us. Manager's whole team. Lots of ingredients, but it didn't, it's not one of those games, I think, despite the ingredients that we talk about in five, six years' time ago. I remember that night when we beat West Brom. Not a chance. Ma- ma- no, I mean Ken. Ken. Ken Semmer might talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe when he's having contract negotiations, I imagine. But um, but it's, it's just weird. It just had all the ingredients, but it didn't. And I, I don't know if there's a malaise. Uh, in, I know what you in, mean. In, in in everyone, you know. The, yeah, yeah, it's okay. But next time we'll probably mess it up because it's off the back of a good result against Barn- uh, Burnley as well. So. Yeah, it's a weird one. I I think I met. I don't know if I said it to you guys or where I said it, but. Um, I was thinking, if we redesign the badge, I have to put a crab on it instead of a hornet because it's so many sideways passes that didn't need to go sideways, <laughs> and it just it felt like we were doing it because that's what we've been told, and we were. It, it felt almost um, planned, uh, and you had to do it regardless of the opportunity to not do it. 
So rather, you know, if you watch the game that, that followed it, um, the Liverpool-Madrid game, mm-hmm. kind of going from one extreme to another. I mean, Madrid, it's a very different game. To yeah, it was. But you, you see Madrid, they, they would pass the ball sideways. But as soon as there was a second to go forward, in three or four passes, in the time it would have taken us to go from the right back across the defenders to the left back, very precisely, they would have been able to do it in fewer touches and far more dynamically. And, and it feels much more much more spontaneous if you like although they're all in the right places with us it's all very you know go from one side to the other and we let other teams get back and I, I you know as a as you know my my humble footballing pedigree as a Sunday league center forward I do I do feel bad for our you know for Arroyo or, or for or the Davis whoever's up there because it takes so long for the ball to get forward that you feel that you're not going to get the chance and then we saw what a little bit of pressure can do a couple of times we have a bit of pressure mistakes get made and there's, a, there's like a Watford paradox at the moment where we've struggled to find defenders for the last five, ten years. Yet we give so much respect to the opposition's defenders that we don't put them under pressure unless it's a formulaic, uh, structured move. Whereas it, with the kind of um, jeopardy of spontaneity, the likes of Saar, João Pedro, Davis and Semmer, you'd think that if, if it came up to four against four, we would we would win more times than not. So I don't know, it, it, it just feels like we play the handbrake on. And I think that, holds me back a little bit from enjoying it so it's a long-winded answer it was a bit of a weird game basically it had ingredients but it wasn't it's not it wasn't a classic all the elements didn't quite you say it was all there but nothing quite clicked did it yeah classic but i did enjoy the fact that there was a you know a goal and then another goal came back quite quickly um mm. that made it feel good for a watford fan but also made the game yeah just a bit more kept the energy of it all going for a little bit longer jason we talked about that that liverpool um real madrid game mm. certainly makes uh, daniel barkman look like a uh, sort of a good goalkeeper after uh, <laughs> those clearly yeah clearly Woo-hoo! the best of the three <laughs> yeah he's, he's, yeah at least he's he's passed to uh Hamza, it kind of it kind of reached him. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, at least. whereas Allison and, and Courtois got nowhere near where they wanted it to go. Yeah, but uh, I think yeah, again, com- comparing uh, West Bromwich Albion against Watford, uh, circa twenty twenty three, isn't really the the thing to be done with Real Madrid against uh, Liverpool uh, in the Champions League. But let, let's talk about these these former players. We'll, we'll call them old boys. There's always that thing there, Jason, when you you, you come a- across a, an old boy of the the old boy rule. Have you ever actually seen it happen? What, what, for you, what is the old boy rule? It's old boy scores against you. That's that's how I always see it. Have I seen it? I'm sure I would have done. The the, the one that immediately springs to mind was Heide Helgeson scoring for Fulham in the Premier League in the Boothroyd era, um, where I think he he was at Fulham. I think he struggled to make any sort of an impact. We hadn't won. We were still searching for our first victory. We were. We went tuning up, and then when we thought we were home and hosed, Fulham hit back with three quick goals. Hyder got the uh, the third of the three, and it, and it was gut wrenching for so many reasons. Now, of course, we went up the other end and, and scored an equaliser, which is great. I think it was actually Young off the top of my head, but don't hold me to that. It was, yeah, else. he scored two. He was actually, day. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that. Uh, when you talk about the old boy rule, it's always that one because it was in front of the rookery as well, and and he sort of, you could see he was he was restrained. He gave a little sort of fist bump, fist pump, and and he, he wanted to celebrate because he hadn't scored for ages or, or yeah hadn't sort of really made an impact. But 
he did manage to hold it back because he knew he was playing against Watford, but it was, yeah, gut-wrenching. So you say, you know Ashley Young played in that game because he was watching Hyder and thought, you know, when I played for Man United in about 10 years, I'm going to come back and do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you worry about that, Geordie, like when, when Ashley Young did that? Because, you know, I don't have a problem with them celebrating. I don't want them to, coming to goad us, but that whole thing of an under-celebrated goal just because I'm in front of my old fans. Do you, do you think they must do that? No, I don't. I don't think all players are equal. I think there are players that, that are, they, they understand. I think the fans and the players understand that it's a, like ships in the night. It's a transactional relationship. They want to pay for a football club. You need players to fill out your squad. Um, I was actually um, listening to the Under the Cosh podcast with Jordan Stewart. Funny enough, because you're talking about Sheffield United, he went up to Sheffield United with Darius Henderson. Um, and I think John Parkin, one of the presenters, was saying that you know you don't care about a team you play for unless it's a team that you grew up supporting so I think there are players who do sting so you know Haider absolutely I think Ashley Young absolutely going back you know to when we were little uh, when we weren't old boys when we were little boys um, when John Barnes came back the year we went down and Liverpool mm. beat us 4-1 and he scored um, and it was like and Blissett scored for us and you were kind of like it was almost like quite sad you know because they'd been buddies together for Watford Um and and then one of them was kind of on in the ascendancy, and one was kind of in what still at Watford got back to get relegated. Um, so I think that there are players that it matters. And if Troy came back and scored, you know, there's a question about how how would he celebrate? Oh, um, I want because... him to go absolutely ballistic. Yeah, I think that would sure. be brilliant and very Troy. Because yeah. we would. Because the thing is, we would know that would be a big part of him joking around, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there are players. You know, like Blissett himself. I think if Alman Abdi had, had if when he'd gone to Sheffield Wednesday, if he'd come back, it would have been felt wrong seeing him play for someone yeah. else. Uh, for me personally, if if Kapu for some reason came back to the Championship and played against us and didn't come to us, it would feel a bit un- uncomfortable because you know how good they are. I think, I think the players that you take a, a shine to are either the best players, like your Barnes and your Youngs and stuff, who are who are clearly on using Watford not as a stepping stone but they're on the way up and they will play at a higher level than we can offer them and then you've got the players that are uh, that, that you care about like the Helgersons and the Deanies I think a lot of other players are just not journeymen I think that's unfair but you don't you don't feel bad if they come back and play against you and, they, and, they, and if they score yes it's annoying but you understand it that's just the nature of it and I think in the last few years where we've had so much churn it's been hard to kind of bond to um to players because people have I mean, played like Cathcart has stuck around for a long time but there are a lot of players who have been quite in and out so I think I think um, I think it's either it, it only matters if you care about the player and that means there must have been something about them when they played for Watford I've got one at the other end of the scale maybe a player that in the end Watford fans didn't care about and that's Scott Loach oh right yeah now he towards the end of his Watford career got a lot of stick didn't he just a bit Lot of stick off the fans. He now, if I've remembered this rightly, he went to Ipswich. Yep. Played for Ipswich. I assume it's the following season, and they beat us one nil. So he kept a clean sheet. I think they'd even did the old switcheroo with. So we ended up shooting towards their fans mm. in the second half, if I remember rightly. And I was at the final whistle. He turned around to them, giving it fist bumps, giving it fist pumps all the way off the pitch, celebrating. Obviously, Watford fans didn't like that. And, and you see things on social media. Oh, yeah, sort of really sort of slating him and sort of no respect, blah, I shouldn't be doing that, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I nearly swore then. I, I thought, how ridiculous. 
the guy got loads of stick from Watford fans when he was here. Why can't he go out on that pitch and, and celebrate when he's team one? Why does he have to give a, a flying whatever about us fans? And I know, again, it's hard for us. I'm a Watford fan. I didn't want to see us lose. But there was a part of me that, that thought we need to suck it up. If yeah. we're going to stand there and, and slate our own players, then if they come back and perform against us, we need to suck it up if they're going to celebrate in front of us. And, and Scott was almost, you would probably say, I mean, imagine if he was a Watford goalkeeper in a modern Twitter world, in a very early Twitter world he was. You know, he would have been just, oh, crucified. Uh, and it would have been terrible. And, I, and you know, I, I saw lots of the things and the criticism he got from the Watford fans who thought, well... He's not perfect, so he must be rubbish. Uh, and I actually, I actually like the fact that he did that because it's like, look, that's what you get, lads. You're not going to get any respect back to you if you don't show respect to them. And yeah, there's a massive part of those players on social media who who do it because they are only seeing a minority. But you know, they've hit hard home, and it's going to be a problem. Are there players who, Geordie, for you, who you you mentioned Abdi there and how being bad, mm. but are there players you look at, maybe he'll match the day, hopefully, because they're in the Premier League and doing better, that you you sort of, you, you miss as a, well, no, maybe maybe look at it as an ex-girlfriend, you're going, oh, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not many ex-girlfriends will match the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say... Gary uh, didn't have anything to do with you. Okay, Gary on, yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, I think I think I think the obvious one for the Premier League at the well, there's two I guess is Richarlison and Dakure, um, because they they're <laughs> Do doing you see quite them the well. Same way so, though, because I, I team very differently. Dakure was with us for longer, uh, mm. and he 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 was our best player, mm. uh, and was kind of he was the, the fulcrum of the team. And him and Kapu, who I mentioned before, were probably the most elite central midfield we've ever had. You know, even back in the day of Les Taylor and Kenny Jacket. You know, it was. They were, they were excellent. I mean, with Charleston, we only had him briefly, and then he kind of m- spent more time at Everton. But Dakure was was ours, you know. I mean, it's nice seeing. You know, we talk about coming back to Vicarage Road, but seeing Richarlison in the World Cup, you kind of did feel a little bit, and and Sars, of course, you did feel a bit um, some pride. But it's, um, but but in the I think it's the, the the opposite end to the ones that went up. It's the ones that didn't make it at Watford. So Luco Nine, Brandon Mason. Uh, Andy Yeardom, who've kind of had careers that's had them play in the championship or currently play in the championship. And you kind of think, you know, with the lack of academy, I mean, we've got Asamba Longa now, but he, he took a while to get to make his breakthrough at Watford. <laughs> you do feel that kind of, um, oh, you know, if, we, if we'd kept him, obviously if we'd kept him, they would have matured the way they did. But you kind of think it would have been nice if one of them could have, could have stuck around and, and, and made their way through in the way we're kind of seeing, I guess, uh, Toby and stuff do now. Interesting. You, you you mentioned one player there, Geordie. I was guaranteed you were going to say, but you did not mention him. Is he is he going to be one of the two that I'm thinking of? Because when he said two, I thought I wonder if he's picking the same two that. that well, one I was Stephen Burkhouse. Oh no! Right, because, no, yeah. Because I, I think you know, you're, I he, think, he's not on match of the day. <laughs> yeah, but he's in the World Cup. The well, I actually see I, the difference. With Charleston, I still see him as a little boy. I still see him mm. as a oh, good old Ricky doing well there. But with Decore, it was like you were just with us until you got something better. He feels like an ex-girlfriend to me. So I do like seeing him do well uh, at Everton. And I do, don't like Everton doing well. But if you, see, you hear his name, I go, oh, that, that's really, really nice. But then I also have a, an afterthought of, God damn you for leaving us and going somewhere else. Uh, but mm, Ricky's they- always quite nice. And seeing him in the World Cup was there. The Berghouse, though, I think he's one of the first ones. Like you said, you mentioned players that we lost there, you know, British English players that we lost. And they went down divisions but had careers. 
Berghaus is a really interesting one for me because he 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 left and went to Holland and he built himself up and now he is playing for the national team. He is playing for Ajax. He's won you know the division and it's 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 uh, I don't think I feel like I can say with an ex girlfriend of damn you. Um, damn me to hell uh, it's more the fact that I just feel like oh, what could have been and those I think are, are worse to me when it's a what could have been and Burkhouse definitely is for me the two that I'm thinking about in the Premier League are what could have been for us as well one is Will Hughes and I feel a little bit dirty because A he's gone to Palace and B there was that tweet he put out about Palace being a proper club and you just mm. felt like oh is that a dig at us he, we've talked about it before he could have been our captain and I just feel like he could have, had we handled it correctly and had parties on his side handled it correctly, he could have been our captain last season in the Premier League and he could still be a Watford player and, could, and we could have had a lot more out of him. And it's just a shame that it ended the way it did. The other one for me is, is more the the player that we never had and what could have been, and that's Danny Welbeck. Because mm. at the time, mm. when we signed him, I thought, yeah, I like that signing. And... There was an element of risk with the with the injuries, and so it came to pass. And and now we're seeing a lot more of him. He, he seems to be managing his fitness a lot better and doing well in a side that is looking to be the best of the rest. And and where have I heard that before? It just again feels like could have been with Watford, could have been us. With Danny Welbeck, though, it felt like great that we got a player of his sort of level he'd been at all with his injury all but with his injuries but the thing is I never really connected with him because we sort of he was so in and out with injury at Watford he did have a run near the end scored that great overhead kick but still I don't know that disjointed season never meant I properly connected with him Mm. and within that team there were definitely players I still connected with better because they had longer with the club like Delefeu and it was Sar started that year, and you know, we, we had a better moment with him with that Liverpool win. So I think with Danny Welbeck, yeah, I think you're right. I do look at it maybe what could have been. I mean, if we stayed up, you would assume he might have stayed around another season, but he didn't. And uh, yeah, I um, I've uh, yeah, have to have to move I on. I think I think how how you how far you defend uh, define a an, an old boy. We could, in the parallel universe, have uh, Danny Welbeck up front with Harry Kane, Jaden Sancho on one side, and Bukayo Saka <laughs> on the other. So you know, if we talk about what might have been. You know, that's that's what might have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we go that quite old. Um, way, way back. But, yeah. So, what I did, I sent you a challenge, boys. What I thought was, I thought, well, I like doing these 11s. I've, I've tried to drop the word best 11 because that just gets too too controversial. So, I'm trying to do challenging 11s. Uh, something that you can play along with in your car, in your train, in your discussions in the pub before the game. And what I did, I thought, well, with these old boys and seeing them at other clubs, could you each put together an 11? And we'll see which, who can put the best one together. But I'm going to give you some, some restrictions, let's say, some focus. And the idea was you had to pick players from champ- current championship sides that played for Watford and that other team. Apart from Watford, of course, and Luton Town. So that gives us 22 teams and I give you 11 each. So, for example, you could have uh, got a, a player and I might have given you a team such as Preston. And maybe you would have have picked Nathan Ellington because, of course, he played for them. So you can pick up any player that played for Watford and the other team that you were given. It was all done at random, uh, and uh, I selected the teams. Jason had his teams. Jason, you had to pick from the grand total of Swansea, Blackpool, Cardiff, Sunderland, Coventry City, Sheffield United, our opponents this weekend, uh, Rotherham, 
Blackburn, Millwall, West Brom and Birmingham City. And Geordie, you had Preston, Burnley, Hull City, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Wigan, Reading, QPR, Huddersfield Town, Norwich City and Bristol City. We'll go through all those, but but did you have a, a strategy when you were picking your eleven, Jason? Did you any ideas that you were doing? Were you just aiming for the best players possible? Not necessarily the best players, but I think ones that I felt I had a connection with. Obviously, ironic being so what you were just talking about there, there John. So yeah, I, there were there were players in there that that were probably better than maybe some of the ones that I picked, but I I didn't feel. I had that connection. Maybe they weren't at Watford that long. Maybe they 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 yeah, didn't really. I never saw them play, or or just yeah, didn't Did excite weren't you. weren't around when I was watching that much. It just yeah, exactly. I just what players that that meant something to me for a particular reason. Okay, and you know, Jordy, you were the first when I, you know when you were set the challenge. You you made sure you questioned. You knew the criteria very clearly. Um, I didn't say that. I didn't say. I said that you could pick loanies say someone who had been on loan at Watford and then played somewhere else or had been played at Watford but were on loan somewhere else. So Nathaniel Chalabar, for example, he played at Watford and he also was on loan at Middlesbrough. So he could have been one of your choices. Um, He might still be one of your choices, but that was the thing. You also straight away really dug down and noticed things uh, that uh, if you had Cardiff, then you could have picked John McClellan. But he only played four games, so I said no. Uh, and also Luther Blissett. Now, of course, most fans' mind goes he played for Watford and Bournemouth, but he did play four games at West Bromwich Albion. But again, not a lot. So it, I'm not. I wasn't saying no, but I would. I think they would be frowned upon. I had both those teams, and I didn't pick those players. So you okay, so you're safe there, Geordie. Geordie, what about your strategy in, in in picking your team? Was there anything you were trying to aim for? Well, the reason I found out that um, Jason had access to some of the Watford legends was because I thought, well, let's see what teams I've got. And I realised I didn't have access to those legends. Um, So my approach was to kind of think, well, there's a few things you have to do uh, when you do this exercise. And and, and fair play to anyone who's doing this while driving, please concentrate on the road because (laughs) I had a a computer uh, in front of me and a pen and paper and it's still... And uh, using all ten fingers, it's str- I struggle to do it. So if you if you're able to if you're able to drive to Sheffield while you're doing oh, you've this, you've overworked this, mate. <laughs> no, no worries because it's so the two thing the two things I did then was well three things is who do I really want in the team? A bit like Jason, who do I really want in the team? Then I looked at goalkeepers because obviously Jason's also got Birmingham, which gives him Ben Foster and Tony Coton as options. Mm. So I, I need a goalkeeper. <laughs> So yeah, he had Coton, Blissett, and, and McClelland. Other than that, it was fine, uh, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't getting frustrated at my lack of choices. So I had to pick a goalkeeper, and then um, some teams they're slim pickings, shall we say? Yeah. So that was uh, a challenge. That was a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So then it was kind of looking at those teams and who do I want? And then there's some players who play or were, were options at different clubs. So then it was a case of well, if I want him in a team. I can see what else do I need to, what gap do I need to fill, and I can pick. So it's kind of working out that way. And what I tried to do eventually was say, well, this is a Watford again, another championship teams was pick a like a solid championship standard team, which I guess any of these players would have fitted it. But um, I tried to just yeah, just kind of, and a little bit through the ages as well to kind of reflect the different eras of Watford. Okay, so at the end we've got three people. Um, 
We've got uh, Lana Burney, uh, we've got Colin Mace, uh, and we've also got uh, DCW giving their results. So we, we will get a winner out of this. Uh, just to say that the uh, immense uh, work put into the Watford Archive uh, is very, very thankful. We are very, very thankful for, uh, and it helped us tremendously with making sure we knew everybody who had uh, who we could pick from. So if you uh, are playing along, um, I'll give you Jason's teams again, and you can you can play along with Jason, see if you can pick these teams. But if you go to the Watford Archive, uh, watfordfcarchive.co.uk, and if you click on opponents, it gives you a massive list of all the teams Watford have ever played. Click on a team, and then next to it, on the left-hand side of it, uh, you have a list of players. Or actually, notice that. It's a list of people employed by both clubs. So you do see people who coach. So Kenny Jackett never played for Millwall. He's on the Millwall list, but he was, of course, a manager there. Um, so that's what you have to really make sure you, you keep an eye on uh, to double-check these things are right. So it's on the watfordfcarchive.co.uk. Click on opponents so you can pick them. So your team, if you want to press pause on this and you want to try and see who you would pick, Jason's clubs to pick from were Swansea City, Blackpool, Cardiff, Sunderland, Coventry, Sheffield United, Rotherham, Blackburn Rovers, Millwall, West Brom and Birmingham City. So if you want to have a go at that, uh, those are your teams. Uh, and uh, yes, see what you can pick and see if you can pick a better team than Jason did. Uh, and uh, yeah, start now. So let's go through these teams then, boys. Let's start. It's going to be a comparison, of course. Jordy, what was the easiest choice for you to make? The easiest choice, I think, probably goes back to my comment earlier about the goalkeeper. Um, so do you want me to reveal who I've got in goal? Yes, you may. David James from Bristol City. Yes. Now, David is made there. So he was your choice. And then, we, you know, Jason, the goalkeeper choice. Geordie, you know, told you you had two good choices. Did you pick one of the Birmingham City choices? Or did you go for Daniel Barkman? Because, of course, he played at Stoke. Or Costa Pantilamon, who played at Sunderland. Who did, who did you pick for your goalkeeper, Jason? Well, I've picked my goalkeeper from Birmingham City. Ah. <laughs> um, and I picked the goalie that I saw when I was a, a wee nipper in the FA Cup quarter final in 1984. I don't know if you remember that cup run when John Barnes scored, in my opinion, the greatest ever goal I've seen scored by a Watford player. Past this goalkeeper, Tony Coton. Okay, Tony Coton uh, in goal for Jason, Team Jason, and uh, David James in goal for uh, Team Geordie. Bristol City, uh, David James, uh, which is, is good because, of course, we couldn't play Liverpool this year. Uh, let's go for your, your back fours or your, let's say, defensive players. Um, your Geordie, Norwich, Huddersfield, ta- Huddersfield Town, Reading, uh, and also you've gone for a back five, so Wigan and QPR. So who did you pick from those clubs to make up your defensive five? So the back three, uh, Norwich is Malky, um, Huddersfield is Robert Page. That's a good captain material back there. Mm. Uh, and uh, Reading is A.D. Mariapa. Again, great. You're all captains. Mm. And your, your wing backs from Wigan my, and QPR. My wing backs, um, again, this was another one when you kind of said, how, how are you going to play it? It was looking at options you had. And for QPR, which um, we have a lot of work, a lot of uh, former QPR players or shared players of QPR, goodness me. If you look, um, actually, QPR are the number one club we had the most and again we're just going off the, the stuff on the Watford archive and we know that's pretty pretty special uh, QPR yeah. was the one we had the most number of players shared with so Geordie who did you go for for QPR uh, I went for David Bardsley 
Ah, so explain Dave, because again, he's one of those players that, you know, one of the big players in the 1980s wouldn't necessarily uh, be first that come to mind. Just for me, uh, he scored my very first Watford game along with uh, Luther Blissett and John Barnes. But of course, Luther Blissett and John Barnes are, are, are people I remember. So why Bards did you pick him out of all uh, the QPR I, players? Why do you think about all the QPR players? Well, at one point when I was building my team, I realised that Nigel Callahan had played for Huddersfield. And I ended up picking Robert Page from Huddersfield, as I mentioned just a minute ago. But I thought it'd be nice to recreate the Bardsley and um, and Callahan right wing of the 80s. Yeah. But then I ended up having to drop Call- uh, Callahan because he didn't play much for Huddersfield, and I, I thought maybe it was a, it wasn't really the best the best uh, choice. So um, Bardsley because he can play he could play on the wing, he could play uh, uh, at right back, he could play in the midfield. So he he was he's he, he's a perfect um, player, and you know he ended up getting capped by GT, I think, didn't he? So. Um, yeah, but there's lots of players I could have picked. You know, uh, you know, Dennis Bailey would have been a good one. Helgerson, obviously, he's a former QPR player. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Hodge, Gary Penrice, <laughs> yeah. Danny Shittu. You know, there's lots of players yeah, who, were. you know, you could pick. Even Zarate um, played for them. But um, I just felt that David Bardsley, I wanted to pick players who were, like I said, they're, they're, they're proper Watford players. They're not people you'd go... Oh, I remember him. He played like, like you say, six games for us, and then but he played thirty, three hundred games for someone else. I wanted to be a Watford player who had played somewhere else, but had also played there for a decent amount of time. And David Bardsley, I think he came from uh, from Blackpool, didn't he, or somewhere like that. But he also went uh, he went to QPR and had, had a few years there in the top flight. So, and again, maybe just a nod back to us when we were growing up and watching Watford. So I'm not going to you 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 yeah the one player I think that first came to mind for me and I would find it quite hard not to put him in once I I got him stuck in my head for Huddersfield I might have had to have picked um, Jonathan Hogg mm. I know that changes in midfield we won't reveal who midfield is but he was one player that really came to mind Malky was straight away came to mind as a player who 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 was Norwich City and had to put him in and I've forgotten about Adrian going to Reading I just always associate him with with that move to Crystal Palace I've forgotten completely about Reading but again a really a really good choice and then on the left in the left wing back position I was thinking ahead that this being a championship team I may end up in the playoffs and if I do get a corner in the playoffs and I need someone to take it who better than Peter Kennedy from Wigan so uh, I think a, a player who who's you know very close to our hearts and a, a key a key figure in the team that kind of got promoted twice, um, unique character, um, never lost his accent, uh, uh, and yeah, one is one of these like waste and strays that GT pulled out of nowhere. That what is it, Notts County or something? He was at so not really going anywhere, uh, and then ended up being an integral figure for us for a couple of years. You know, played in some big games and and so forth. So yeah, so Peter Kennedy. So go on the opposite side to David Barsley. Jason, you've gone for a back four, much more traditional. I um, and I, you're, I think probably this was the one that I was, in, I don't know, was probably your hardest f- club to pick a player from. But then you picked very wisely. Uh, you picked your back line from West Bromwich Albion, Millwall, Blackburn Rovers and Rotherham United. Who do you pick for your back four from those clubs? So my back four, so Rotherham United... I thought probably was going to be the trickiest one, but actually, <laughs> in the end, it was all quite obvious, and that's Lloyd Doyley. Yes. Um, How many times did he play for Rotherham? Do we know that? About three times, I think. <laughs> okay. And I think there was a big okay. gap. Was there a gap as well, I think, sort of between... I think he'd gone to a couple of other places, not played, and then ended up playing a few games for Rotherham. So perhaps I'm, I'm pushing the boundaries of the rules there, but he played so many times for Watford. He is a Watford legend. 
just couldn't leave him out of my lineup at all. Um, you weren't going were to pick Scott Loach, who played for Rotherham as well. We, but we that was a previous Scott conversation, already, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then on the other side, West Brom, a few there weren't there, but for me it had to be Robbo. Yeah, and I talked choice. about plays. I've had a connection with lots of Watford fans will feel that connection with Robbo. The sort of the, the yeah, he gave everything to this football club. I actually saw him play for um, St Mix in the English Schools Cup final when I was at, I was at university, and my then girlfriend's brother was playing in the same team, and I happened to be over in Manchester, so I hopped on a train to go and watch the the game, watch him play that day. Um, and then, of course, he, he went on to, to great things with, with the Hornets and, and, yeah, was an established Premier League player with West Brom, so I had to have Robbo. Yeah, but I think it's interesting with West Brom. There are several players in there where you think, ooh, if I need to fill a gap, I wasn't feeling too strongly mm. about somebody. They, there was quite a neon was on there. That wouldn't have been a terrible, terrible choice. Um, Kevin Phillips um, as well. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not a bad choice, but I think you're right. Robbo does have... Yeah, that, like that strong Watford connection that, that you would need. So who else in that that defence to go alongside? Uh, Lloyd on one side and Robbo on the other. Who's in the, is the middle, so, middle uh, two? So my centre-backs talk about giving it all. Um, I have Millwall's <laughs> Sean Dyche. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I have Blackburn Rovers' Martin Taylor. Very um, good. And both sort of players, again, we sort of, for me, sort of felt a bit of a connection with because they were at times when we were either struggling as a, as a club or punching above our weight and, and those players sort of really did contribute to that and I thought Taylor as a signing was kind of felt like we were punching above our, above our weight and, and he just bought that the experience that he had from playing in the Premier League um, and as we used to sing Martin Taylor Martin Taylor put your head on it boy did he put his head on it he just clear things out in sort of recent years when we've been talking about centre-backs that maybe can't defend Martin Taylor could defend yeah, You're, it's interesting. Both of them so far, if you look at these teams, they all feel very Watford players. Um, and that's that's quite a nice thing to do. We haven't had to sort of pull anyone out from you know, nowhere uh, to make them a, a Watford legend. Even though maybe, Jason, maybe your Lloyd Doyley choice, the fact they only played four games, isn't quite like that. <laughs> Let, let's stick with your team for a minute, Jason. Your midfield, you picked, uh, again, you're going for 4-4-2, much more traditional. Mm. Um, feels a bit more championshipy, so I do like that. Uh, your midfield made up of Sheffield United... Coventry City, uh, Sunderland, and yep. Cardiff City. Now, mm. Sunderland was a lot of good choices as well, I think. There Particularly, were. again, I'm there going were. back. Maybe I would have picked him somewhere in my team. Kevin Phillips, of course, uh, played for Sunderland um, and probably had his most successful time when he was at Sunderland. So what do you think then? Who did you make up that midfield for for you? So let's let's start with Sunderland. Let's start with the, the centre midfielders. Because you mentioned Kevin Phillips. I did have him written down. At one point, mm. um, not on a piece of paper, Geordie. I just did it all on my laptop. I wasn't as uh, well prepared <laughs> as you. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, there was a, there was an interesting list of players, and I ended up. I, I saw this name, and it just evoked something in me. I started watching Watford as a as a small child in 1980, and this guy's name just he was around when I started watching, and I'm sure it's it's. I doubt very many people will have him there. I've gone for Ray Train. So tell me about and you Ray the Train name, then. You say the name Ray Train to me and you can picture him immediately. He's got a, a, a sort of this instantly recognisable face with his curly hair and moustache. Yeah. Um, and it was a, a sort of hard-working midfielder, sort of really sort of typical of, of, a, of a Graham Taylor central midfielder. And, and 
not that I remember a lot of that. I was sort of watching him on the pitch because I was only little at the time. Um, but you sort of, the name you remember. And we, we talked obviously recently about um, Ollie Phillips and I, even at that young age, I was always sort of desperate to read the Watford Observer on a Friday and, and you'd see his picture there and, and name and sort of read about him. So it's just that, it just sort of stood out on the on the list for me. And I thought, do you know what? Sorry, Kevin Phillips, I'm going to have someone else up front. Um, I'm going to pick Ray Train for my Sunderland player. Yeah, I mean, he played a lot of games, 112 games Watford uh, between 1978 and 1982. Again, all these facts that make me sound like I know what I'm talking about all come from the <laughs> Watford archive. Um, but really interesting choice, Jason. I wasn't sure if you were trying to play to a certain crowd by plucking one out of the, you know, the beginning of, of course, the, the Graham Taylor era. But no one, he didn't play in the in the top division, did he? Um, necessarily for, you know, in, in those, you know, those those big teams, the big, big, big no. teams. No, no, it was more about yeah, sort of what it what it meant to me again. Excellent. So you were alongside him in the in the midfield. Who else did you pick, Jason? Uh, alongside him in centre midfield, I picked Coventry City's John Eustace. Ah. Um, so I, 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 it's a shame Mike's not judging the teams because mm. I feel like I'd guarantee win with that one. Um, okay. But yeah, again, there's a there's a player who. Uh, playing around a time when we were punching above our weight and again he sort of typified that and the 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 thing that I saw when I when I saw Coventry John Eustace the thing I remember is his goal against Coventry was that overhead kick yeah <laughs> and uh, and what a what a goal that was but he's that, also that's probably the highlight of, of John Eustace just edging out the time he scored against us when he was on loan at Derby was I was going to say yeah he, he wasn't an old boy at that point he was on loan at that point but he did play against us and he did score and celebrated wonderfully yeah. uh, because he wasn't having a great time with, with Watford at that point uh, and then also on the side of those two in centre mid who have you, who have you got from Sheffield United on the left so Sheffield United yeah so this what you know Sheffield United. I, I think just I just went through the list in terms of the the, the order you gave me the the teams mm. and Sheffield United are on the list quite early and I looked at them and I'm like oh my god there's loads of players yeah I'm going to leave them I'm going to come back and see what I'm I'm left with and I did that and there were I say there's lots of names there and there were a couple of names that stood out to me both players that I hadn't seen play one was Tony Curry yeah. and then the other one I think it was if you ask me the question. Is there a player from before my time being a Watford fan that I wish I could have been able to see? And that's Stuart Scullion. So I've put Stuart Scullion in my list just because when you sort of speak to older Watford fans or read stories yeah. about, about this guy, he's the sort of guy that would get fans on their feet that would excite you. He would dribble around half the opposition team, go back, dribble around them again. I think there's a story sort of similar to something like that where he, where, where he did that. I, I can't remember if it ended up in a goal or not, but it just sounds like the sort of player that would get the crowd going and I just would would have loved to have seen him play. And then on the on the other side, on the other side, I've gone for Cardiff City's Tommy Smith. From a personal point of view, I know how good he is because I played <laughs> against him in that game where we got to play at Vicarage Road and he ran me absolutely ragged. Um, so if he's yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously again he sort of came through uh, came through our uh, our youth system um, came back to us as well didn't he just it's again sort of there's definitely that Watford feel and he still sort of got that association with the club he, he sort of done the bits on Hive Live and that and he, he still he feels like a, a Watford boy 
Yeah, definitely. Selling houses around this way these, uh, these days. <laughs> uh, he's the only one, I think, for Jason, your team, where I'm thinking, oh, right mid, is that really the best place to put Tommy Smith? Oh, I, I, you see, you could, you could have him. He, he was quite flexible, I think, in terms of, a, of an attacking force. And I think perhaps I might be stretching it a bit, putting him out there, but I think he's capable. Well, I'm saying he's capable anyway. Okay, uh, we'll see how that goes with your full choices and if it if it works. Now, Geordie, let's talk about your midfield three from Middlesbrough, from Stoke, and from Burnley. Who do you pick? Uh, for Middlesbrough, uh, I've gone for Adeline Guidura. Okay, well, uh, I think probably out of all the lists, I think he is the most recent of all the people we've picked. Well, maybe not Mariapa actually, but you know he's he's slightly different. But yeah. Not many. There yeah. aren't many um, Pozzo era players in this team, I suppose. Yeah, I um, there's a couple of reasons I picked Guadura. Well, th- three. I li- obviously, he's a good player. I liked him. But then when um, when my wife was in labour with James, uh, Watford played Arsenal in the cup, uh, and so I watched it on my phone, <laughs> and he scored. So he's uh, a member of sitting on the most, most uncomfortable chair in the world in Watford General Hospital, <laughs> waiting for James to be born, um, watching watching Guadura. And then when he left Watford. He used my retro horns picture as his goodbye post, which I was um, quite chuffed with. I was like, ah. thanks, Adeline. Yeah, so he kind of tagged that. So I got, you know, most engagement on one of my posts was by him. <laughs> him. So there you go. So, yes, yeah, so Guadura. Um, and then for Burnley, uh, a couple of midfielders, obviously, like, you know, Chalaba could have, could have gone in there. And they could play like Chris Eagles. And Rick Holden was the one I was thinking. He did turn up for me. Yeah, Rick Holden, because I could have had Holden and Hodges at some point, but then Hodges, I think, was a coach at one of the clubs where the um, the results didn't match. Yeah, he's Stoke. He um, was a coach at Stoke, wasn't he? Yeah, possibly, yeah. And then Gifton obviously played for Burnley and Michael Kitely, but I went for Micah Hyde. Very good, very um, good indeed. And then, uh, along with Guadura and Hyde, uh, also um, in vain, um, chasing the parking vote, is Stoke City's John Eustace, <laughs> the man, the, the oh, beautiful man oh, who in, went to the Oakley Club. Case, in that case, I'm glad. I'm glad he's not. We've both kind of uh, foreseen this. So, yeah, Eustace, I think, goes in there too yeah. for me. He was, uh, he was it wouldn't, uh, not surprised. He did play for a few of the clubs, of course. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, a great one. So, your midfield, do you think that's a... What kind of midfield do you feel that's going to be there, Jordy? Do you think it's got? It's um, a bit, is it too much fight in it? Do you think? No, I think I think Hyde's got um, quality. I think Eustace uh, has got quality, but he'll be in the referee's ear, um, uh, and obviously, possibly, he'll get booked for me, and then he'll get his second yellow card, and the ref will send off Jason's one. Um, <laughs> uh, and and Guadura, I think, at the at championship level, was a good, was a good solid player. He he could mix it. He could he could get stuck in, but he could also pass around and, like, as we know, ping it in from twenty five yards if need be. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't got Nicky right, but I got um, Peter Kennedy, and obviously we spoke about John Eustace's overhead kicks. So, um, that's yeah. that's the tactic I'm going for. <laughs> Perfect attack. Two men up front for both of you. Jason, you picked yours. One from Blackpool. People are probably mm. wondering who you're picking for there. <laughs> they probably are. Dave Bamber, maybe. <laughs> uh, and the other one was from Swansea City, which I think was actually probably quite an easy choice. What do you think then, Jason? Who do you put up front for, for Watford? This is your Watford team, Team Jason, from those two clubs, who players who play for both Watford and the, those clubs. 
So, um, yeah, Swansea City was quite an easy one once we'd established that I wasn't allowed to pick um, coaches and managers, etc., etc., because there are a couple of legends that I, I could have gone for. Yeah. Um, but in the end, uh, I, I went for someone that we've had on the podcast a, a couple of times um, and someone who was definitely a shining light during his time at Watford, and that's Danny Graham. Very good indeed. All I do those agree. goals, all those vests, happy days. Um, and then Blackpool, which was, yeah, a bit of a tricky one, if I remember correctly, to pick. And and, and if you thought Ray Train was a bit left field, this one's going to be even more left field because he, he didn't play that many games for Watford, to be fair. But I remember quite vividly, again, me being a, a young lad um, at primary school one day, my mate asked me if I was going to the uh, Kaiserslautern game that evening. And I wasn't because I think my, my dad did shift work then. And I think we, we weren't going as much since we'd, we'd been promoted just because of the general malaise and, and trouble around football in, in those days. Um, and he said, well, do you want to come with us to the game? And I was like, do I? Both sort of at the end of school, rushed out to our mums. Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And, but mum's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can go to football. So I got to see Ian Richardson make his debut and score a couple of goals in the UEFA Cup. A moment I will never forget. He is in my team. Well, well, very good choices. Uh, a special moment in Watford history uh, and also a great player for the two years that we, we had him. Um, and a great man to get the podcast, hence why we all wore vests for Danny Graham uh, uh, at the end of our first season of doing the podcast. Um, Jace, uh, Geordie, uh, your last two choices, uh, interesting choices for your centre-forwards, Hull City and Preston. Who did you pick for those two clubs? Similar to Jason, I've gone for a bona fide championship prolific scorer for us he was like our main man in Marlon King of Hull City um, to add I've just realised my Jamaican contingent's quite strong there with uh, Mariapa <laughs> and uh, Hyde and Marlon and uh, Lloyd that? Doyley for, for, for Jason so that's pretty good and then um, I think Ian Richardson's a bit left field uh, my Preston striker is I said left field not offside so it's not Thomas Priskin um, <laughs> but for Preston um, if this is going to be a championship team, I've gone for John Goodall, who played for the uh, Invincibles <laughs> in 1888. Mm, yeah. um, won the won top goal scorer league, won the league for Preston in the first first ever football league, which technically is what the championship is. Um, and was our you know came to Watford, did great things for us, was our first ever manager, and is buried as you guys know opposite the ground. So, um, yeah, you know. David Barsley wasn't my only nod to the history. He's quite a long way back and he's never been on a podcast, but but you did do a podcast about him, didn't you, at one point, I think? We did, yeah, because the the club uh, redid his grave uh, a few years ago. And if you ever go into the Vicarage Road uh, Cemetery, uh, you can see a big Watford badge and and that's Johnny Goodall. Um, And of course, he came to Watford, he he finished his career here uh, and he is quite regularly uh, one of the main characters in Hornet Heaven uh, in the podcast, if you ever listen to those. So there we go, Marlon King and John Goodall. I figure up against Sean Dyche and Martin Taylor, I think if he's played in the Victorian era, uh, when people still kick shins and hacked at you and stuff, he'll be all right, I think. So Yeah, I think we'll he'd, do it. He'd, do, he'd do all right, I reckon, in the modern-day uh, championship. Uh, yeah, so a, a real, real... I think, the, uh, I think when I spoke to uh, Jeff Wicken, he described him as like the Victorian-era David Beckham. 
So okay. I think that's that, that's pretty spectacular. Of course, he was also an England captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a yeah, very amazing well, sort I think of. A he choice. might. Um, I'm hoping he might ghost in at the far post. At some ah, oh, very good. Oh god, very very good. Good. I was trying to think of a of a of a Spice Girl joke. What 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 what. what yeah, what spice would be Victorian? Victoria spice. Posh spice. Victorian Beckham, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so there's the team. Let's quickly run through them before we get the uh, the the use of it um, or get the, the, the hearing who you think would have won. Uh, firstly, jo- Team Geordie. Uh, picking from Bristol City, Norwich, Huddersfield Town, Reading, Wigan, QPR, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Burnley, Hull City and Preston, you picked David James, Malky Mackay, Robert Page, Adrian Mariapa, Peter Kennedy, David Bardsley, Adeline Guardiola, John Eustace, Micah Hyde, Marlon King and John Goodall. Jason, your team has been picked from Birmingham City, West Bromwich Albion, Millwall, Blackburn, Rotherham, Sheffield United, Coventry City, Sunderland, Cardiff, Blackpool and Swansea. And your team was made up of Tony Coton, Paul Robinson, Sean Dyche, Martin Taylor, Lloyd Doyley, Stuart Scullion, John Eustace, Ray Train, Tommy Smith, Ian Richardson and Danny Graham. Very good very Watfordy. I think it's going to be quite hard to pick, but I don't have to pick. I have three men who have uh, sent in their thoughts. Colin, Lana Burney, and we also we have the... Uh, and also DCW. So, what did they think after seeing these teams? Who would they pick? Lionel Burney. What did you think, Lionel? Well, thank you very much, John. Uh, two very interesting teams here with some quite left-field choices as well. Uh, I note Geordie has gone for a 3-5-2 formation with very dynamic-looking wing-backs, whereas Jason has gone for the good old-fashioned, solid, no-nonsense 4-4-2. Now, I'm going to go through the team's defence, midfield and attack one by one and just weigh them up against each other. But I'm going to start with the goalkeeper, of course. And Team Geordie has opted for David James, who had a relatively brief time at Watford, started his career with the club, of course, and was very young when he broke into the first team. But basically, he spent the best years of his career playing for other clubs, uh, Liverpool most notably. Meanwhile, Team Jason has gone for a real club legend, Tony Coton, who in my eyes is the best goalkeeper ever to play for Watford, simply on the basis that he dedicated so many of his best years to the club. So Jason edges it between the sticks just about. Moving on to the defence, Team Jason, well, you couldn't ask for much more loyalty to the badge and dependability than this, could you? Four men who will leave it all on the pitch for you. Uh, Paul Robinson and Lloyd Doyley as fullbacks, and then Sean Dyche and Martin Taylor in the middle. I mean, very, very reliable, really hard men too. There's going to be a yellow card, probably a red card or two as well over the course of a season. And you can expect Doyley to weigh in with a goal every decade or so. So plenty to like about Jason's defence. Team Geordie's gone all continental on us with three centre-backs. Malky Mackay, Robert Page and Adrian Mariapa. There is a nice mix there, I think. But I'm a little bit worried that Mariapa is going to be doing a lot of the covering work. 
Uh, for Geordie, it's the two wing-backs I really like the look of. Peter Kennedy on the left and David Bardsley on the right. Both excellent going forward. You could almost play them as wingers. And so on that basis, I'm going to give the defence narrowly to Team Geordie. Ooh. Moving on to the midfield, Geordie has gone for steel and silk. Micah Hyde and Adeline Guediora held together, almost handcuffed together by John Eustace. Uh, Micah Hyde was a Rolls-Royce of a player, wasn't he? Such great range of passing, uh, lovely touch, glided around the midfield as if he was wearing carpet slippers. Adeline Guediora is going to weigh in with some long-range shots, I would imagine. And, well, John Eustace would captain a team of 11 captains, wouldn't he? <laughs> On the other hand, Jason's midfield looks a little bit square pegs in round holes for me. OK, Stuart Scullion and Tommy Smith are fine on the two wings. You could almost swap them over to give the opposition defence something to think about. Uh, Eustace gets in again. Perhaps he's going to play 45 minutes for each team. That's a bit of a curious one for me. But the real strange one is Ray Train, who even Graham Taylor said could be a frustratingly hot and cold player at times. So I think on balance, Geordie just edges the midfield. And on to the strikers. Up front, well, wow, what can you say? Geordie has gone for the combination of Marlon King and John Goodall. Could you get more contrasting figures? I mean, you have to wonder how Goodall would fit in in the dressing room. Born over 100 years before the next oldest player, it's unlikely he's going to have much in common with his teammates. He'll be banging on about winning the double with Preston North End when basically no one else in football is really taking it all that seriously. I expect he'll be hoping to take a steam train home from away matches and I doubt he'll even recognise the rules to the modern game. I mean, how are we going to explain VAR to John Goodall? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jason goes for Danny Graham and Ian Richardson, the classic kind of big man, little man combination, uh, which I like the look of a lot. Danny Graham, what an excellent striker, guarantees goals, not just in quantity, but also quality and variety. He's a striker that it's actually very hard to pigeonhole, uh, but he would lead, you know, any front line for Watford through most eras, wouldn't he? And Ian Richardson, well, his Watford career and in fact his whole Football League career was pretty brief, unfortunately, um, largely because of injuries. But just for the fact that he scored twice against Kaiserslautern in Europe, I can give the attack to Team Jason. And so that means that the match itself goes to extra time and penalties. And the winning sudden death penalty is smashed straight down the middle by Sean Dyche, actually knocking David James into the back of the net. So well done, Team Jason, winning on sudden death penalties. How do you feel about that, Jace? <laughs> oh, delighted. Lionel absolutely knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having that all day long. Thank you, Lionel. But again, it's right. They, they, these teams are very close. What, what about Colin? How did Colin see these two teams matching up against each other? He talks to us from a very loud train station. With Geordie's team, we've got a back six. We've got David James in goal, which I, I think is a good choice, certainly. One of the best keepers that have played for us over the years. Then the back uh, three, the back three, Malky Mackay, Page and Mariapa, you'd have a job getting past those three. And then at wing-backs, you've got Kennedy and Barsley, two of my absolute favourite players, uh, particularly the Northern Irishman, Peter Kennedy. Now, in modern championship football, they would push forward, a bit like we saw at Norwich, with Morris and Ngakia getting up to support that midfield, leaving the three to look after themselves. Uh, so I like the idea of that, attacking and modern. And then in central midfield, we've got Eustace and Hyde, which I think is a match made in heaven, along with 
Adelaine Gudiora scored that wonderful goal in the FA Cup. Now, I think that actually the two wing-backs will come up and support Eustace and Hyde and Gudiora will get forward and make a three with Marlon King and John Goodall. Either way, I think it's a, a team with flexibility, balance and feels very modern. So at the moment, I'm leaning towards Geordie's team. Jason's team, on the other hand, has a, a feeling of solidity, uh, and, uh, but maybe... Maybe less modern. We've got Tony Coton in goal, and you can't argue with that. Then you've got Paul Robinson and Lloyd Doyley as fullbacks, old-fashioned fullbacks, with Dyche and Martin Taylor as centre-backs. So that is a flat-back four, which I'm leaning away from because I'm not sure, much as we all love Doyley, is he really one of the best players that has played for the club in that position? Not so sure. Uh, Paul Robinson, obviously local boy and uh, much loved by the faithful at Vicarage Road, so you can't really argue against him. Then in midfield, you've got Scullion flying down the left wing, Eustace and Train uh, in central midfield, and Tommy Smith out there on the, on the right side of a midfield. And up front, Richardson and Danny Graham. A decent side, a 4-4-2, feels perhaps a bit less flexible, a bit less balanced. Not sure Tommy Smith would be my pick as a right midfielder. Um, not really a natural winger. I didn't think I always thought he was better in a in a forward, more forward role, picking off goals and that sort of thing. But um, So I think on balance, I'm going to go for Geordie's side. It feels modern. It feels tough at the back with those three, Mackay, Page and Mariapa. It's got the wing-backs pushing forward. It's got a tough central midfield. And then it's got an exciting... Uh, possibility of pushing Goodyear up into that front three and causing mayhem with Marlon King sticking in the goals. So I'm going to go with Geordie's team. Well, well, 1-1. One, one. So who has the deciding vote? That's right, Mr David Cameron Walker. Who will he pick? Will it be Team Geordie or will it be Team Jason? Right, so having looked at both the teams, it's been a bit of a difficult decision. We There's know. lots to like about both of them. I don't think there are any bad players on either team, to be honest. And I would say that Geordie's team does edge it in terms of having the better players and looking better on paper from 1 to 11. But, and this may be controversial, I'm going to say that Jason's team would pip it. Because I think, as a team, they would be better... I think they'd be more solid. I think they'd be they're, they're solid if unspectacular, but I think they'd get the job done. There's a lot of good, hard-working lads in that team that I think would just get over the line. Geordie's team, where it falls down, I don't think Geordie's team, as good as they are, with Malky, Robert Page and Adrian Mariapa, I don't think any of those players are used to playing in a back three. I don't think the wing-backs are the best part of that team. Kennedy and Bardsley, good as they are. I don't think they're quite top-class wing-backs. So I think they'd struggle a little bit there. The midfield's really good, but where it all falls down is having a player that played for Watford in the early 1900s. He wouldn't know the offside rule for a start. He'd be miles behind the pace. He'd be physically incapable of playing with all these players. And I think that would let them down, to be honest with you. Whereas I think Jason's band of solid, unspectacular, hard-working lads with Graham, Richardson up front... They've both got John Eustace, so they'll cancel each other out. And Jason's got Tony Coton at the back as well. So I think he'd be able to handle anything that the uh, that Geordie's team did throw at him if they got through. So I'm going to give it to Jason, narrowly. Good effort, Geordie. But as ever, you try to be a little bit 
he tried to be a little bit too clever, picking <laughs> John Goodall, who played for Watford, way, 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 way back when the world was black and white. Well done, Jace. Yeah, no one uh, listens to podcasts was alive when John Goodall was uh, was is here. So you're not going to get anyone voting for that, Geordie. But I, I like the fact you picked him. Uh, that, that that's a good thing for me. So that they're their choice. You, you everyone who's, who's who's listening, you probably have a different choice. Do share. Uh, first, you share us your 11s from the the, the teams that uh, Jason had to pick from. Uh, what you got on social media at Watford Podcast. Um, but also, uh, yeah, what do you think of the of these these two teams, Geordie, How do you feel feel about it? It's, it it seemed to me it wasn't necessarily that anything was wrong with the team or anything was bad with the team. Um, it, it was, Just that mine was everybody, better. Yeah, it, every <laughs> everyone had a tough a tough decision to be made there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm chuffed that Colin said I've got the most modern team and I've got a 159 year old centre forward. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think I think uh, I think Dave's shown his age when he says Barsley's not a good player. Um, shown his youth, which isn't something we talk about. Barsley and I think Barsley and Kennedy were, were perfectly good uh, wing backs. Um, I think you know one of the games was on penalties, and then Dave said mine was better, but he was giving it to Jason. So I think it shows how how difficult this task was. Really, I think I think the, the fact that both of us managed to get like you know Jason had some shoe ins like Tony Coton and I had a shoe in like David James because of the lack of options in goal. But to actually do this was um, to do this was quite hard. I think saying that Doyley wasn't someone I don't know who was I said a question Doyley being one of the best players. I think I've said before any Watford list that Doyley's eligible for he has to be in mm. um, because of because of who he is and. Yeah, I think we both of us said at the top, but we weren't trying to pick the best team. Um, we were both kind of, and I said I was trying to pick the most championship team, the players who had played for Watford, and, and Jay said something similar. So I think we've got to, uh, I think it wouldn't be a game that any neutral would want to come and pay to watch. <laughs> uh, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be nice for us, a bit like one of those old, you know, those kind of uh, veterans games, but it wouldn't be, well, in my case for John Goodall, a very veteran. Um, but... Uh, I think Goodall would have adapted. He was the best player of his generation. I agree. I think yeah. He played for England. You know, he, he was. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're a good player, you're timeless, aren't you? So I think I think he would have been fine. But um, congratulations to Jace. Yeah, I mean, you are right there, Jordy. This this is purposefully, absolutely purposefully, meant to be a little bit difficult, a little bit challenging. You're meant to have limitations, and you really did have a massive limitation. You could only pick players from those. If I if I gave you the, the, the chance to just pick a bunch of ex-Watford players, the best ex-Watford players there ever were, that would have been ridiculous. So it was really great that you both embraced the, the limitation I gave you, and in many ways, as you said early on, Geordie, yeah, there's a little bit of luck uh, in which teams you were you were generated randomly uh, to uh, to pick your teams from. Uh, Jason, you feeling good then I suppose I'm feeling good yes thank you DCW and he's absolutely right nothing says Watford like solid and unspectacular does it so (laughs) so (laughs) I'm pleased I've been able to fulfill that criteria and come away with a win fantastic we're the Orns you're the Orns come on you Orns Right, before you, uh, you finish your trip, we've been going over an hour so far, but it's a long way up to Sheffield uh, United. Uh, let's have a little game to be played. Now, boys, you're going to play this one together. So you're going to make the choices together. And, of course, this has all been about ex-players and former Watford, former Hornets and old boys. So I'm going to give you ten players. And I want you to tell me if they played more for Watford or they played more for another team that they played for. 
some of these teams may be who they played before Watford. Sometimes they're the teams they played after Watford. So you have to make clear. See if you, how many out of 10 you can get. And of course, if you're listening along, you can play along as well. Let's start with a goalkeeper, Manuel Almunia. Arsenal or Watford? Did he play more games at Arsenal, where he was there for a little bit longer, or did he play more games in his two seasons at Watford? These are the two clubs, by the way, he played the most number of games for. Manuel Amunia, more for Arsenal or more for Watford? I would instinctively say... I think Arsenal, because I think just the longevity. I know he wasn't the first choice for a long time because mm. Lehman was ahead of him, wasn't he? Yeah. But mm. I think he would. I think with us, there's a maximum he can play, amount of games he could have played because he was only here for a finite amount of time. Well, he was, I guess it wasn't infinite at Arsenal either, but it was a shorter amount yeah. of time with us. So even if he played every game for us, if he would played like one in five or one in four for Arsenal, but goalkeepers don't do, do that, though, do like, they, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, if he, he well, played matches. He'd have played the, yeah. the, the, the League Cup and maybe would have covered. He covered obviously for some period. I'm trying to think because Lehman in the Champions League final mm, got sent go. off, didn't he? I'm trying to think yeah. who else would have overlapped with him. I, I, I don't know how many years he was at Arsenal. Uh, I don't, don't follow. No, it, but I just think he was so many. He would have been enough to two two championship yeah. seasons with us. Would and a player front. Eighty, uh, yeah, eighty plus yeah. games, wouldn't it? So it's whether he would have played eighty plus games over whatever number of seasons. He was at Arsenal, and I don't know, like like you, I don't know how long that was. Well, just, just I, I, so you're aware, would, boys, would, these are all going to be mm, fairly close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks, John. <laughs> I haven't picked really obvious ones. Where, I, I, where, I mean, where, I think Arsenal because he didn't really play let's for go, anyone let's else. Let's go with Arsenal. He? Let's go with Arsenal then, because so it would have been quite a long answer. time. Mm. He played 109 games for Arsenal and 77 games for Watford. Uh, well so that is oh, one well point close. for you, boys. Next player, Valon Barami. Did he play more games at West Ham or more games at Watford? Of course, the team he played the most number of games for was when he was at Lazio, where he played 65. So it's less than 65, but did he play more for West Ham or more for Watford? Valon Barami. Jason. Tricky. Again, I don't know how long he was at um, West Ham. Not, not, you know, not a significant number of years. I mean, Amuna was there for a significant number of years. Um, but yeah. no, nothing more, really. Uh, not massively more than Bar- Barami was at, at Watford. Was he injured for a while with us? Yeah. I seem to remember he, he, he was. It, he yeah. would have missed a big lost, tranche of games, Watson, wouldn't he? Watson came in, didn't he? Did Watson come in and mm. he took his place for a bit, was it? Or was that but are you telling me you're aware of his injury uh, problems at West Ham? Well, I'm, 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 no, I know he's injured at Watford and he wasn't with us. He's only been with us for a couple of years, I would have thought. Mm. Um didn't he go to Udinese from us? He did, did he yeah. Go to Udinese? Mm, yeah. So that would have probably been a Pozzo thing. So, well, probably, I mean, it would have been a Pozzo thing. <laughs> um, I well, don't know how long was at West Ham. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was wondering why we were getting so many players from them over the years. Again, just because I know he didn't, he wasn't with us for long and he was injured, I would say West Ham because I think he was. He was a regular player for West Ham because I remember speaking to a colleague that I had at the time who was a West Ham fan who said he liked him. So he was obviously someone who'd made an impression. So I, I, it's been weird to pick Arsenal and West Ham and not pick Watford. I don't know if John's playing tricks on us by doing that. Go, go for it, George. Let's go for it, mate. I, I would think just West Ham, just on the fact, like I said, he didn't play long for us. That, that bit of knowledge you got there with the West Ham fan, we can blame them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. My old mate Luke from years ago. <laughs> Valon Barami played 58 games for West Ham and 43 games for Watford. Oh, so another yeah. right one. Brilliant. See well played, Luke. Get. 
Now, let's get with Tony Coton now. Tony Coton, of course, played a lot of games for Watford, but he also played games for Manchester City. Did he play more games for Manchester City or more games for Watford? Mm. So Watford, what was he? He came, was it 84, 85 84, season? 84, 85 in September, yeah. Yeah, so 84 and then all the way, did he played the first season down in Division 2. I can't remember how long he was he was there for. Yeah. But that's quite uh, a long time. Would he have been at City for that long? That 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 feels like a Watford one to me. Yeah, I, I think he was a fir- he was the first choice for the whole period he was with us, wasn't he? Pretty much. I don't know if he ever did. He ever get bombed out by Bassett for a bit at one point? Wasn't not Mel Reese playing or something like that at one point? I think yeah. I think he was he was our first choice. He would have racked up a lot of games for us. I don't know how long he was at Man City, but I I associate with us. So yeah, I'd say Watford as well, Jace. Well, this is the biggest gap between them all. He played 166 games for Manchester City and 266 games for Watford. That's the biggest gap in our choice. It's Tony Coton. I, I thought I'd put a fairly easy one at that point, uh, thinking okay. that maybe you would have slipped up in the first two. But no, you're doing very well. Okay. Now, a slightly uh, left-field one here for you. Mm. Keith Dublin. Did he play more games for Brighton or did he play more games for Watford? Remember, he moved to Watford from Brighton. <laughs> Keith, Keith Dublin is um, a player I remember from like it, for some reason I always seen from my aunt I went to football with in in, in what in a, in a midweek game watching Keith Dublin get on the halfway line and feeling you know when you're a kid and you feel an adult get tense um, and just just thinking oh I better pay attention because something's going to happen and he's probably going to like do a Cruyff turn on the halfway line as he's the last man or there's always a sense of jeopardy with Keith Dublin so he's a player that I don't remember a great deal about but I remember him fondly for the fact that I at least felt something when he was playing <laughs> um, how many and it was it wasn't a great era he was at Watford was he in the early 90s well you've got no. to think because he moved from Brighton did Brighton mm. get rid of him because he was rubbish or did they <laughs> Uh, you know, reluctantly get rid of him because he uh, because he was such a good player that he had to come and play for Watford because of course we were the bigger team at that point. Well, he played for Chelsea, didn't he? He was a decent he player. He wasn't a bad player, I don't think. He was just maybe he found his level with if they for Brighton and Watford. I guess at that era, players seemed to move around a lot, didn't they? Like when Cliff Holton came down to us in the fourth division or something like that from Arsenal, and it's a bit like it's very unusual to expect a player to do that now, but. Uh, to, back to the question: How long was he at Brighton for? He played at Chelsea. I know he played. I know he started at Chelsea and he played for us in the early nineties. So, how long did he have to play for Brighton in between? I'd say that that doesn't feel like it would have been that long, does it? So we're going to go go Watford. Yeah, I'm going to go Watford, but because there's no money involved, so <laughs> there's no yeah. risk. But yeah, I'll say Watford on that one. Correct, Amanda. That's four. Now. Here's one for you. Ferroni. David Ferroni. <laughs> did he play more games for Udinese or did he play more games for Watford? I mean, he didn't play that many for us, did he? He that <laughs> no. spectacular goal in the League Cup, didn't he? Was that him? He did. Well, he didn't play many, but he did play... There was a season where he played quite a lot. He's, I think he was... At that era at, uh, at Watford, when we were seeing the improvement in quality, I always remember being impressed by his first touch. It seemed like he could just kill the ball with his first touch. Not, yeah. It wasn't anything like uh, anything else particularly amazing about him. He had one season, though. Did he have more games yeah. with us 
or more games Udinese. I mean, did he play for Udinese for one season or did he play for a couple of seasons? That's you know, See, if we knew that... Be in and out, was he on loan somewhere? Uh, I, I, again, I... I... I have no idea. I don't know how much he played for. I don't think he. I don't. I don't associate him with Udinese. That's the thing. No. Because he played for Inter Milan, didn't he? I remember being excited that he'd played for Inter mm. Milan. We'd come out the youth team at Inter Milan. So, again, it's one. Of, I don't know if he's one of those weird ones in Italy where you buy a, half a player's rights, or you know, they do swaps a lot, don't they? So whether yeah. Udinese would have stockpiled him and then shifted him on to Watford. Yeah. I don't know how long he would have. Because he was quite young when he came to us, didn't he? So he wouldn't have had much time. So. For, so is it, do we play think for this is a true question then? We'll go for Watford again. Do you want me to give you one of the numbers? I tell you, he did play... 30, well, I both, he, John, to be honest. He, well, I know, but I tell you, he played 38 <laughs> for Watford. So do you think he played more for Udinese or did he play more say, for Watford? I'd say Watford then, I think, that being the case. As we're, we're doubting how much he actually played for Udinese. Should we go Watford? Yeah, I'm happy to go Watford, John. Uh, Un- Jace. Unbelievable voice. Another correct answer. Well <laughs> done. Now, number six, halfway. Stephen Glass, did he play more games for Hibernian or did he play more games for Watford? Stephen Glass on the 19... The noughties. Hmm. If you said Aberdeen, I would have been... uh, I would have said Aberdeen, but you said Hibernian. That's Mm. a... That is a very left field for us. Always got that free kick against against Burnley, didn't he? That kind of played yeah. him. Well, we always referred to that game with Stephen Glass. That was one yeah. game, but did he play more yeah, games? Era. So yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Did he? Did I he I think I'd I'd go Hibs. I think with gut instinct. Yeah, I guess he I guess he was at Aberdeen, wasn't he? Before us, before so Hibernian would have been after us. Oh, so there was still a long time left of his career after he played for us. So yeah, I don't know. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go here. I guess he probably, if John chose Hibernian, I'm imagining he would have played at least enough to be associated with them. So, yeah, yeah, I'll go Hibernian. Again, no money on it. So, <laughs> you're doing very well, boys. Another yes answer. Well uh, done, so Dave. Six, four, six. Horelio Gomez, third goalkeeper we've had in this list. Uh, he's No, he's not the last one. Um, did he play more games for PSV Eindhoven oh. or Watford? <laughs> they do love him over there, don't they? PSV. Mm. But they, yeah. we, we love him here. They love him at Tottenham. Everyone loves Aurelio. Everyone loves Aurelio. You, you know what? I'm thinking, one Gates? game for your team, and he would he'd be loved. He was there, and he was with us a long time. You know what I'm thinking, Jace, with this one? What do you think? Go on. Is it in the, the Netherlands is a small country, so how many games do they play? Because we play 46. Do they play yeah. 46 games a season? Because you know, Probably over the course not. of four years, we could get an extra year mm. off them. And he obviously started in Brazil and played for Spurs. Although, so yeah, he would only there's, there's, how long was he at PSV? Only one season with us, where we had forty-six games, wouldn't he? Because we were up after that. Yeah, yeah uh, true. But I guess it's thirty-eight still, isn't it? I don't know how many they play in the Eredivisie. So, but uh, at least one season we've got towards the end. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you, I, I can sense you're going. You're, you're going Watford, aren't you? So let's. Let's go. With he was a, well, yeah. He was a first, yeah. The, the only reason I say it is because he was a first choice with us for a long period, and he played for mm. in Brazil, obviously yeah. for long enough to get noticed, and he played for Spurs for a good few years. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how many years he would have played for PSV and how many games he would have accumulated. Go. So I go Wofford. Go Wofford. Correct again, Jordy. Some people are thinking you're overthinking this thing. You're trying to be too clever, but no, you are doing a great job. With the I fact that you think the Eredivisie has more or less games. It's true, though. Good thinking. Yeah, 
Jace, do you ever want to go on a game show together? I think we could do quite well. <laughs> John Harley is your oh. next choice. Did he play more games for Sheffield United or more games for Watford? His the, the team he played the most number of games for was Burnley. And, of course, Sheffield United, who he played before us. Of course, we all know he's a, an ex-Chelsea uh, youth player. So, John Harley, more games for Sheffield United or more games for Watford? I, I, I was a big John Harley fan. But you I and loved John really Harley, before. Jason. You loved him. <laughs> so, what would your gut say, Jason? What are you thinking on this in this one? Oh, I, I, I've not got a clue how long he was at Sheffield United for. Yeah, that's another one. I, again, it's not a team I associate him with. Like he was at Chelsea as well, wasn't he? Like Keith, not with yeah, Keith Dublin, yeah, yeah. but at, like Keith Dublin, he came out of the youth team, and he played a long time for Burnley. So if he played, if he came out the. Where did he play after? Th- we didn't get him from Chelsea, did we? Was it Fulham, maybe? Oh, oh my, just getting West yeah, yeah. West London biased there. I, I don't know. But if he played for Chelsea and he played a lot for Burnley, he played for us for a bit. Okay, he played for Chelsea. He played for Wimbledon. He played for Fulham, Sheffield United, West Ham, Watford. Uh, but Burnley, then Watford, then Notts County, Rotherham United. So you could have picked him there, Jason. Oh. Uh, no, not, po- not to displace Robbo. And Lloyd Doyley. Lloyd Doyley. Yeah, both. Uh, yeah. Portsmouth. Yeah, I know, but I'd have to move my left back out then, wouldn't I? Mm. Oh, that's true. Uh, and uh, Portsmouth, uh, where he, uh, he finished his career. But did he play more games at Sheffield United or more games at Watford? Ooh. I mean, I'll, I'll throw this in here. He had actually two spells at Sheffield United. Oh blimey! One's alone. That might be that might be a red herring. No, might be trying to put yeah. it off. I reckon. I think. I wanted. I wanted. Two years at Watford, 2008-2010. Was he pretty much never present for us when he played? He was, wasn't he? I think he would have been. Yeah, I want it to be Watford. I want it to be Watford. Yeah. Well, just let's 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 just will it into existence, Jace. Yeah. Yep. Your will is granted. Yeah. Forty-eight for Sheffield United and seventy-five. For what? For two to go. Can you go mm. undefeated, if you want to say that? pressure. Yeah. Uh, next up, Chris Awellamu. Did he start more games for Burnley or more games for Watford? And I'm going to emphasise that. Start. Because if you start. look at the number of games he was involved with in both these clubs, it's exactly the same. Oh, wow. He, he, he was off the bench for us quite a bit, weren't he? Wolves was his. Wolves was his. His uh, mm. proper club, wasn't it? Yeah. I always remember him playing. Like he, he's Sean Dyche for me. Sean Dyche's season for me. So you know who who yeah. would have been playing with? Would he been first choice in in the players he would have been playing alongside? Or what do you think? Well, he wasn't. He the, did he score the first goal in the Pozzos? Was that in the League Cup? In, in, the, in the Cup, yeah. Wickham, so that's kind of against Wickham. But then he did. He wasn't involved much after that, was he? That's what I mean. Yeah. So I'll try. Was at the end of. Was that one of his seasons with us, or was that not? What did, uh... I don't know. I, I, I can tell, Jordan, like you really want to make, make be absolute perfect now, don't you? You've only got two left to go. Yeah, and you want I to make like sure you get them all Burnley. right. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy but... to say Burnley, because I, I don't know who. I mean, I, I imagine they didn't have Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes up front. <laughs> so God knows who they did have. Should we just go Burnley? Go on then. Well, Chris Wellamu, of course, a Scottish player, uh, he played for. Uh, the team he played the most number of games for was, in fact, Colchester United. Ah, played 92 yeah. games there, but he played for a lot of clubs. 46 games he played at Wolverhampton Wanderers over a two-year period. But How many games have Wolves? 46. Was that wow. 
Wow. That's it. He was out yeah. on loan at one point as well, uh, towards the end there. Uh, but he played a grand total of 45 games for both. However, that's off Wikipedia. However, I can tell you he started 29 games for Burnley and 25 games for Watford. Give <laughs> <laughs> me, Jason. <laughs> but he actually played, he, he basically averaged, if you look at it, again, I'm only going off Wikipedia for this one. Um, all the good stats come from the Watford archive. Um, he played 46 games for Charlton, 46 games for Wolves. He played 45 games for Burnley and 45 games for Watford. He must have, he had like a, a point where he just would just fall off. Where he goes, no, that's enough games. I've got to go, uh, and it's about forty-five, forty-six games. Um, I think his agent was um, negotiating for like a triple in his wages on his fiftieth appearance, and he never <laughs> clocked. But that's why he kept up to move on. <laughs> Maybe so. Poor old Chris. Yeah, played more games for, as I say, for Colchester United, uh, and also uh, for Stoke. Eighty odd games for Stoke. So, mm. final player. Can you get perfection, gentlemen? Is it possible for David James now? Of course, you know how long he played at Watford. Yep. You know he played a lot of him, most of his games, probably at Liverpool or Portsmouth. But did David James play more games for Manchester City or more games for Watford? Well, at, at centre forward or in goal? I was going to say, yeah, he played more games up front for City than he did for Watford. Uh... <laughs> a unison. John out. Mooney. God. Because um, uh, all Watford these games are interesting. There'd be someone listening to this going, not shouting at it, but saying, it's obvious, it's obvious. Uh, and it hopefully that's the interaction that people are having whilst, whilst listening. Did he, was he at City for more than one season? I think he did was. He? How long did was. he play for us? Well, I guess he would play for us because he would have been with us before he started playing well, for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he was there. He, I mean, he could have played in that semi final that. Yeah, well, we know he didn't play in 87, don't we? So, And he was too young to play in 87, wasn't he? So, did yeah. he start playing for us pretty good in the, in the 1990? So, because when did Coton leave? Yeah. It was so he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have played ahead of Coton. So, 1990, he was playing for Liverpool in the early 90s, wasn't he? Because he played... Yeah, 92. 92, mm-hmm. so that would have given him two years for us, which isn't a lot. Um, if he would have played every game as a youngster. And then Man City, I guess they would just have more games. Well, I know they're not the Man City of now, but would they have done more in the Cups? And Depends how long you played there for. Yeah, I think he was there for at least a couple of years. Because I'm kind of thinking, where else has he been? He's been at Villa, West Ham. Portsmouth. Bristol West City. City. <laughs> bit, of, bit of time at uh, Bournemouth. What? Was it Bournemouth as well? Yeah, that, one um, year. 19 okay. games there. Why didn't you ask us if you'd, how long you've been at Bournemouth? We could have done that. Would been easy. <laughs> uh, David James, more games for Manchester City or more games for Watford? I, I, don't, I just want to say City for some reason, Jace. I don't know no, why. That's fine. We'll go City. We'll go City. And if and if you are wrong, I won't blame you. <laughs> no, I don't think who would have been at City at the time. Was that, yeah, was I, that, that's that's the thing. Nicky Weaver it's, period it's or Nicky Weaver way before that? I don't know. It's uh, whether he would have been the the. Um, the regular starter or not, but I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Let's go City. Let's go City. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. In, he would have been a name when they were trying to make a name for themselves. So he would have played. Yeah. Was it Keegan's time? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, Man City. Why not? Okay. Now, of course, you know. So far, you've got every single one of these right. This is the tenth and the final one. 
He played 93 games for Manchester City. Oh. Do you want to change your answer? No, never change your first answer. <laughs> mm, no, he played no, yeah, no, yeah. 89 games for Watford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Geordie. Excellent. So that game he played at centre forward actually mattered. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast. I hope it's filled some of your journey up to Sheffield United or filled a bit of your Saturday morning if you're just waiting along for the radio to start doing the commentary or doing a dodgy stream. Shh, I won't tell. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for getting involved. Hope you enjoyed the the old boy eleven uh, as well as the little game that we played there. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, you got you got involved. Uh, and do get in touch with any ideas you have for these away day podcasts. Another eleven we could try and decide upon. Uh, you can get involved with that, of course, uh, by uh, by getting in touch with uh, the email, of course, podcast at fromtherookrend.com, uh, or you can get us on social at Watford Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, so do enjoy a game away at Sheffield United. Uh, thank you very much, Geordie. You're welcome. Come on, Yawns. And thank you, Jason. A win for my old boy team, 10 out of 10 with Geordie on the quiz. It's written in the stars Watford are going to beat Sheffield United. Oh, that's the way to do it. Thank you very much and come on, Yawns!